grape juice uh, is uh, grape juice from concentrate, filtered water, and grape juice. This is 100% grape juice. Uh, would you all agree with that? You guys are with me? All right. Well, I've poured some in my glass, and Mason, what a knockout. That was a great communion meditation. That was awesome. What are you fighting for? What does Jesus fight for? And in his articulation of persecution around the world, um, it's perfect catapult. This is awesome. God works in great ways. Um, if you think about persecution in the world, the majority of per- persecution would be, if I were to take this, if this were your faith, 100% filled with the Holy Spirit, faith in Jesus Christ, you're loving and seeking Him. If you were to think about that as your faith, the majority of persecution in the world, I believe, as we think about persecution, would be as if I were to pour this oil in it, where it seeks to destroy, it seeks to change the makeup of what of what this is. So I have had the privilege and, and just amazing opportunities to, to be in other parts of the world. And persecution can make up a lot of different ways. Uh, in Cuba, we were meeting in a place. Uh, and in Cuba, Protestant Christianity isn't, uh, not all forms of it are, are, are legal. Uh, if you're a Catholic and in Cuba, you would have been fine to gather and you could tell everybody where you're going to meet. But if you were in some parts, uh, you know, Protestant or non-denominational Christianity, it wasn't legal in Cuba. And so you could gather together in a home and you could meet there and they had every right to do that. But if the neighbors said, we don't want that to happen, you no longer had the right to gather. And it happened not to my group, but to another group while we were there. It was persecution. It sought, it sought to disband them, to break them up. And as Mason so well articulated, around the world there are people who don't get to practice their faith the way we get to enjoy it. I mean, I advertise on the website, I advertise on Facebook, and we tell everyone, hey, we're meeting here and we're meeting at this time. When the vast majority of congregations, instead of the serm, uh, the uh, the preacher welcoming and shouting loudly and obnoxiously or however I might do it, he would say, shh, let's stay quiet. And we don't want the neighbors to know that we've gathered. And let's begin quietly in prayer. And let's not be so loud as to break up what we have just gathered to do. The vast majority of Christians around the world, they are undergoing a persecution that is keeping them from seeking the Lord. And what they try to do and what the persecution is trying to do is shape and transform the makeup of their identity and cause them to disband and no longer be Christians. We are so unfamiliar with that, but we are... We have grown accustomed to a persecution that we don't even realize is happening right in front of us. Here's a harmless bottle of water, 100% H2O, high-quality H2O. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Nothing like an Adam Sandler quote in a sermon. What was I going to say? Yeah. 100% purified drinking water totally harmless and the persecution that we face every day in America looks a lot more like this 
It still looks like grape juice. I know, really eventful, right? Wow. Look. Amazing. It still looks like grape juice. And I'm sure it has a grape flavoring to it. I have a question. How much of it was added to it to where it changed from being grape juice to grape-flavored water? A couple of weeks ago, I woke up in excitement. I was like a little kid at Christmas. I woke up early. I said, today's the day. My life changes for the better. I scurry downstairs. I open up my computer. I go on to verizonwireless.com. I'm excited. Not to get a new device, but to get a gift, a free gift given to me. Nothing that I've done to deserve it, but just God's grace and abundance being showered upon me. Free Disney Plus subscription. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. All of the Star Wars, all the Marvel, all of the things that I could ever hope for and dream. I could watch all the princess movies I ever hoped and dreamed to watch. I get myself signed up. I even let other people know, hey, you guys, you get to sign up for free if you're on Verizon. And I share it with the Facebook world. My son comes down. 7.30 in the morning. Oliver's ready for his day. I'm about ready to tell him the good news that has come. Oliver brings downstairs his Bible, and he opens up God's Word, and he begins journaling. And I'm just like, I'm supposed to be the preacher in this house. I'm supposed to be the, you know, the spiritual leader of all things. And Oliver just totally puts me in my place. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? Where is my heart? And here's the thing. What I have picked up on over and over and over again is that my life is just filled with so many things that want to water down and diminish my faith. And I look at my life and I wonder, just how committed am I to Jesus Christ? Just how much do I really truly love and put Him foremost in every aspect, in every way of my walk with Him? And I see very little instances where I feel like the persecution that's happening in my life would be something that threatens my life or alters my faith in such a way where my life is threatened to fall on my knees and worship Jesus. And what ends up happening is every step of the way is this one more thing, one more thing, watering down this commitment to Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. So excited to have one more distraction in my life that would keep me from spending time with God in prayer. Is that the persecution you face? It's watering down every step of the way and just feeling like, yes, there was a moment where I was on fire for God, but then slowly over time, my love for Him has waned and it has diminished to the point where I don't even know if I could really be called a spirit-filled person anymore and it's just a lot of spiritual flavoring. 
I taste like it. But it's not all the way there. Paul wrote the letter to the, to the Thessalonians, to the Thessalon, church in Thessalonica. He wrote the letter because he got a report back from Timothy. Timothy had just arrived back from visiting with the church. And the reason why Timothy sent him there was Paul wanted to know. Paul wanted to know whether or not, one, the persecution and the suffering had been too much for them, but he also wanted to know, did they remain pure in the midst of temptation? And he wanted to know, did all of the work and laying all of the foundation of telling people over and over again and sharing with them and encouraging them and saying Jesus is Lord and converting Gentiles and Jews and getting them to meet together and gather under the Lordship of Christ, Paul wanted to know, was all of that in vain? Did I do all of that for nothing because persecution came and altered who they were or temptation came and they no longer were committed and they were so watered down in their faith that they no longer loved Him? They no longer loved Christ. And so Paul, he gets the report back. And it says uh, towards, uh, uh, in uh, chapter 3, in verse 5, For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I wanted to know about your faith. I wanted to know about your allegiance. I wanted to know whether or not you were still committed to Jesus. And this is what he says, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors would have been in vain. I think about Timothy's report on my life and I think if he were hanging on the wall that or hanging out as a wallflower that day and looking in on Jordan getting excited about Disney Plus and really humbled by his sons. Act of beauty. What would Timothy's report uh, be back to Paul about me? What would his report be about you? But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and he's brought good news about your faith and your love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in the return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. You know, I am a big fan of the author and minister and pastor Eugene Peterson. And so many of his books have helped me along the way. And one of his great books is just titled Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Yeah, I love that phrase. A long obedience in the same direction. And if we could get that picture as the walking of our faith, maybe what I've said is somewhat convicting to you and you're feeling like you're in the same boat as I am. 
And I think Eugene would tell us that we just need to make sure we're making one step right after the next in a long obedience, in a faithful direction that Jesus is Lord and our King. And I know every single one of us have probably taken divergent paths off of that obedient path. And it's this constant invitation to come back and say, what is a long and obedient, faithful direction towards Christ? And the good news is there's forgiveness for every single one of us who want to get back going on that path. And Paul looks at him and he says, I am so proud of you and the report that has been given to me from Timothy that says you guys have, stand, uh, have stood firm in your faith and you haven't given up and you've been tempted and you've been persecuted. You have been threatened and there has been suffering and then there's been heartache and all the more and you're staying faithful in a long and obedient direction towards Jesus Christ. And so he says, we've been praying for you. Wouldn't it be nice if we knew what he prayed? Right? Like we don't like people say, hey, that we're praying for you. Like, well, what ha- what did he pray? What did Paul pray for a people who are persecuted and facing so many hardships and were trying to walk the straight path towards Christ? guess what he tells us that was a preacher hook and it's right here now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you and may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and our Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Paul's prayer is that we would love one another and that our hearts would be strengthened. We pray for a lot of things as a congregation. And I just simply want to challenge all of us to make this our prayer. That our love would overflow for one another and that our hearts would be strengthened to have hearts that beat for God again and beat again and again for Him in a steadfast and faithful direction. What would God do with those prayers of saints lifted up daily and often asking God that our love would overflow for one another, that we would be blameless and holy in the presence of our God. As for other matters, Paul says, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God and is in fact you are living. Now we ask you and we urge you and the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For we know that the instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus, it is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his spirit.
it is God's will that God's people would live God's way. It is God's will that God's people would live God's way. There has been no shortage of people who want to argue with that statement. In fact, I argue with it often and perhaps most every day because really it is my will that I want to live my way. And we live in a world that says you should be able to live according to your will and your way. And if you don't think that to be true and you don't let me live my life the way I want to live my life, well, then you're any number of things. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a homophobe. You're a whatever derogatory thing you want to throw out there. Yet we've made a decision. That when we said we want to be God's people, we understood that there was no fine print there. It was pretty loud and clear. That if we are to be God's people, we need to trust and know that there's God's way of doing things. And God's way of doing things is a lot better than our way. We can all pursue our own wills. We can all pursue whatever it is that makes us happy. And fills us up. We can all get unlimited Disney pluses, you know? And that's what, exactly what we want to do, right? Apparently I'm the only one. Anyways. It's God's will that we would be as God's people following God's ways. And Paul comes to them and he challenges them and he says, you are to pursue a holy life. A life not so watered down by the things of this world and all of the pleasures and all of the things that we can chase and be so filled with all of those things that we are no longer looking like Jesus Christ. I have a pretty simple question. As God's child, have you been living in God's ways? Is your heart embittered towards God? Or is your heart filled with joy? Is, your, is the sense within who you are at turmoil with walking, walking with God or not walking with Him? It's God's will that God's people would live God's ways. And it's not because God wants to set up a whole bunch of arbitrary rules to make you feel really bad about yourself. It's simply because this, to love God and to love others is the very best way to live. God designed our world in the way that, and so we should listen to the designer and how it should be run and how it should be cared for and how we should treat one another. It's God's will that God's people would live God's way. And Paul looks at the church in Thessalonica and he says, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith and keep on loving and keep on caring for people and let your love abound and overflow for one another and stand firm and don't give up and if you do, get back on the path in this long and faithful and obedient direction in Christ. It's God's will that God's people would live God's way. 
And we, every last one of us gets to make a decision about whether or not that's how we're going to live our lives. And so all I can ask is for you to reflect on your own life and wonder, what would Paul hear from Timothy about the Etna Green Church of Christ? Does their love abound for one another? Do they care for one another? Are they selfless servants of Christ's kingdom? And when I, if I were to write the letter, I would say, yes, they are a faithful and good people. And they want to put love where love isn't. And they want to become Christian rappers. I tried it again. It, it, it didn't work. Rats. I'll work on more material next week. May they be gracious servants who are steadfast and firm, who are on a long and obedient direction towards Jesus Christ. We are that church and we can continue to be that church. How much of the world can we put in us until we're no longer filled with the Spirit, but Spirit-flavored. Luke, got a, Luke had a really good illustration. I'm glad I could piggyback off of it. Reflect on your life. And as always, let's encourage one another and build one another up in love that we would be His faithful servants. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And I thank you for uh, this congregation and all that it means uh, to me and to you and to uh, this community and all, how we serve and love and care for others. And God, we want to be your faithful servants. And in this world, we are tempted in so many different ways. Tempted uh, to walk away from you. Tempted with material gain. Tempted with pride and ego. Tempted with envy and jealousy and bitterness tempted to acquire tempted to draw our attention away from you God this is persecution too in a subtle way to turn our feet away from you in a long and winding direction away from you so God for all of us we come before you and we ask that you would just help us make one more step towards you One more step, God, and whatever that is, impress it on our hearts, what that step is. If it's a family to love, if it's a thing to get rid of, if it's a sin to confess, if it's a heartache or bitterness in our hearts, whatever that thing to walk away from and to step towards you, God, we want to do that today. that when you give the report on our faithfulness, you would see us abounding in love and holy and sanctified before you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, and we thank you for Christ, our Savior and Redeemer.
that God, wherever we're wandering on the path, we can always look to the cross and find our way back to you. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who was tempted in every way, that he might be empathetic to us when we come before you and say, Lord, we are sinners. Thank you for fighting for us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul will go on to challenge. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you have been taught by God to love each other. In fact, you do all love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anyone. Paul says to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. I don't know about you, but that seems like a contradictory statement. I read it. It says make, you know, have ambition to be ambitionless restlessly seek rest and here's what I think he's getting at in all of our ambition to add so many things to our lives he's saying in an effort to add so much to our life you lose who you really are make it your ambition to find yourself in Christ find yourself in his rest make it your